0: Yeah, we do welcome all of you that are watching by internet and um, trust that you're experiencing the same um, spirit and atmosphere in your home there as we're having here. But I'll tell you, if you are missing, if you're within driving distance of this church and we figured out where we are in the Tampa area, because we've looked at the map many times and just, you know, on GPS, we're like, we've been at different parts of town and then coming into church and we've noticed that we have within 30 minutes, within 30 minutes drive of this church, there are millions of people living, literally millions. It's not, we're not in a, in a little town shut off somewhere. Amen. We're right off of highway 19 and, uh, it's, uh, really, uh, easy to, to get here and to to be a a, a part of of uh, of what's happening here in the sanctuary, I tell you, we've just been experiencing since our worship rehearsal this morning just the spirit of God here, Amen. And there is something about the Holy Ghost. I know that we're all filled with the Spirit. He's inside of us. He's everywhere we go. I got it. Please don't send me that memo. I I, I understand that. But at the same time, there is something about gathering together in one spot and uh, s- basically saying with our behavior and our hearts, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And there's something about him still coming in a corporate manner. And, uh, and, and, and it's a special kind of visitation that you don't necessarily get by yourself. Now there's visitations of the Spirit that you get by yourself. Amen. That when you're, when you're, uh, uh, you know, when you're alone and worshiping a special intimate time with the Lord. But then there's some, it's kind of like the family. You know, you can be alone and, you know, if you're insecure about being alone, you, you know, you need to sign up for, uh, Dr. Scarlett's counseling sessions because there's something wrong with you. You've got some insecurity you need to overcome. But, uh, You can be alone and enjoy the solitude and the quiet and all that. But then isn't there something wonderful about having all the family together and everybody gathered around the table and eating and talking and laughing and fellowshipping basically around that. And you know, the same thing is with the body of Christ. Amen. People say, well, I don't have to go to church to serve the Lord and to, to, to worship. And, uh, I'm really sounding like a regular pastor. Aren't I just beating you over the head for this? But, uh, I don't mean to sound like I'm beating anybody, just encouraging, trying to rally and rah-rah a little bit. Amen. Blow the, blow the trumpet in Zion or whatever. My mother one time, she, uh, she, my mother's hysterical. You know, she's been in church ever since the, before there was church and, uh, she, <laughs> Pre-Adamic Church or whatever, prehistoric Pentecost. But my my mother, uh one time in Tulsa there, and we oh I, I can't even tell you how we were in meetings all the time back in the day and uh, seminars and somebody was coming to town and something to go to every night. And uh, my some friends came by my mother's home after my father passed away and they said, Sister Jerry, we're going to this meeting. You want to come? And she said. I'm tired of running through troops and jumping over walls. So, you know, she said, I, I, you know, no. So she said, no, so you don't have to go to, you know, we're not saying you have to go to church every night, every meeting that's in town. You got to drag yourself out to it and get there and so forth. Uh, in fact, if you went to every meeting, you'd probably end up just a confused mess, to be honest, but find a church home. If it's not this one, find one and find a church home. And, uh, I found the people that say, well, you're just a little far for me to drive. They don't go to church anywhere. I mean, when they got a church right across the street from them of some sort, uh, preaching Jesus and the gospel, I'd, I'd go to any church preaching Jesus rather than no church, amen, and and worshiping and fellowship and, and, and eat the hay and spit the sticks. But, you know, I found the people that say, well, you're too far for me. They don't go to church anywhere. It's a bunch of hooey. Can I just preach a minute and complain? and go? Right. So praise the Lord. You know, it's not just because, you know, God's going to turn his back on you and kick you out and vote you off the island. If you you know, if you don't come to the house of the Lord. But I'm telling you, you're missing a blessing. That's what I'm trying to say. If you don't show up and come. Amen. Praise the Lord. And uh, there's something about having a family of God around you and a pastor that will pray for you and lift you up and and help you. Amen. Sometimes, you know, we'll have people that we don't even know come by and ask for help. And the first thing I'll ask them is, who's your pastor? I mean, that's not a that's not a a foul question. Who's your pastor? You know, where do you go to church? Where do you fellowship? Where's where's your connection? And oftentimes they'll say, I don't have one. Well, why is that? Well, I don't have time for it. Well, what am I supposed to do with you? You know what I'm saying? So some people act like that. They, I think they see the word church sign and they think it says, you know, uh, you know, you know Salvation Army or whatever, uh, Union Station, something. I don't know. But, uh, no, praise God. We're a family. We're a body. Amen. We look after each other and uh, everybody's welcome to join and be a part of it. That's the cool thing. Say, well, you sound exclusive. I'm not excluding anybody. Everybody's welcome to be a part of it. Amen. But we're not, we're not just going to stand here and hand out everything to anybody that just passes by. That would not be good leadership. That would not be good being a good steward of what God's given us to see after. Amen. Praise the Lord. So I'm, call me whatever name you want. Knock yourself out. Praise the Lord. Get in line. I've been called everything. Hallelujah. But uh, we're going to do it God's way or not do it, right?
1: Hallelujah!
0: Well, I'm all stirred up and excited and ready for camp meeting at the tabernacle. Praise God. If you never sat in a Pentecostal tabernacle, you missed half your life. Amen. You can get, you can get a hot dog right before the service and shout in the same building. Praise God. You can't do that everywhere. I better preach here Instead of whatever I'm doing, soapboxing. Turn in your Bibles to Mark 9. Anyway, come to church if you can make it. Amen. If you got out of the habit of coming because of COVID, well, they pretty well eradicated that. And you can wear a mask if you want. If you don't, if you got a vaccine or whatever you do, do your thing. Amen. But you come on out and be a part of what the Lord's doing here. Amen. Praise God. Mark 9 and 14. Now, I'm preaching today the words of Jesus. He said, only believe. And I'm going to try to help you with your faith today. Is anybody believing God for things or in standing in faith for something? Anybody? All right. Amen. So, I think we all are probably at some level. And um you know sometimes we think because we've got a great big mountain to move or a great big problem to overcome uh I think sometimes we feel that we've got to have some big plan, you know, some big spiritual thing we've got to do, some big fancy words to say, uh you know, some deep, heavy, revvy <laughs> prayer time, you know, hours in agony. Uh before the Lord and uh, you know there is a time for intercession there is a time for groanings in the spirit there is a time for carrying some burdens in prayer from one day into the next day and on and on we've got sometimes we have people especially that we're standing in faith for that we will carry for years, literally years and and continue to pray for them and lift them up but I'm talking about, Receiving immediate answers. Receiving uh, pretty quick answers from the Lord. Uh, when it comes to miracles and moving mountains, Jesus said, only believe. And so that word only is so important because it isolates, right? It isolates believing. Um, it isolates faith from everything else. And so many times... We think that in the Bible that great things happened because they knew how to bind every demon and, and pray every prayer there was to pray and quote every scripture. But we'll find that in, in Jesus' mind, simple faith, simple faith would do the job. Amen. I think sometimes faith is not enough for our five senses. We feel like well, I'm you know, people say, Well, now are you believing God for that? And you well yes, of course, but and then the butts come out. You know, most people need to cover their butt. Uh don't bring your butt out, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh because your butt will knock you out <laughs> of what you're saying on in faith. Amen. Well, I'm believing but no, get rid of the butt and just believe. Only believe, not only believe, but. <laughs> and then, you know, you know, people will give you every book there's ever been printed on the subject and try to help you to overcome in the flesh. But praise God, how many know that most of what we receive from the Lord, I mean, if we can just solve our problem ourselves, uh, you know, if you've got gas in your car and you've got keys to the car and you've got a few dollars, and you're sitting in the parking lot here saying, I'm hungry, uh, you don't need to pray about that very much. You just need to go to the restaurant, hallelujah, or the Publix or the grocery store or somewhere. If you live in one of the states, that's unfortunate you don't have a Publix. Well, God bless you. We lift you up. Bless your darling heart. But praise the Lord. We have this wonderful grocery store chain in Florida called Publix. Amen. And uh, you can just about buy anything there. And if one public doesn't have it, the one up the street will. But, uh, you know, I'm just telling you, uh, you can solve your problem without faith, without prayer, without anything. Because it's within your power to do something about it. Amen. Now, that's true. A lot of people are praying about things that they could just fix if they just have the courage to do it. That's like having a lawnmower full of gas in your garage, ready to go, and you're rebuking the the weeds, you know, or something. Uh, I, I command this grass that's gone to seed to die in Jesus' name. Well, just get your lawnmower and knock it down and you won't have to worry about it anymore. So some things are real practical. You don't have to become a charismatic wacko to take care of a lot of things. Amen? But other things we need to do by faith. Amen? And receive by faith. And especially praying about situations and circumstances and, and things. Amen? And things that cannot be solved in the natural. Then it's time for faith. All right, so look at Mark nine fourteen. He came to his disciples. He saw a great multitude about them, and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him, and he asked the scribes, what question ye with them? What, you know, what's the interrogation about? One of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And whether soever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foams, foams in the mouth, gnashes with his teeth and pineth away. I spake to thy disciples that they could cast him out and they could not, they could not do it. He answered him and said, uh, in the most seeker-sensitive tone, "O oh, faithless generation!" <laughs> How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? <laughs> Suffer you. Isn't that something? Jesus was not very seeker-sensitive. Bring him unto me." And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tore him and he fell on the ground and wallowed in the foam oh my and asked his father how long is it ago since this came unto him and he said of a child and oftentimes it has cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him but if you can do anything now, look at that. If is the big red badge of doubt. He's not saying it might have been better if he said, I know you're Jesus. I know you're at least anointed of God, divine. You know, maybe he didn't see the whole thing like Peter said, I know you are the Christ. But if he could have if this man could have said, I know you can help us, please help us. That would have been a different story. But he doesn't know if he can help him or not. You know, that's a lot of Christians today are like this man. A lot of Christians. They don't know if the Lord will help them or not. Well, what if it's not His will? Well, then He shouldn't have put it in the Bible. I said He shouldn't have put it in the Bible if it's not His will. Well, I'm Bible, I've, I've had Church of God, Church, Church of God! People tell me, well, I don't care if it's in the Bible or not. If it ain't God's will, you ain't getting it. Well, I want chapter and verse that God gives himself license to lie. Well, then, you know, this guy, this guy was telling me that. That was up in Atlanta area in the church. He was just yelling at me after the service, you know, about God can do anything he wants. Doesn't matter what the Bible says. And I said, well, then if he can just violate his word, he's a liar like anybody else. He took three steps back, like that, away from me. I'd be afraid to say that if I was you. This guy wasn't the most highly educated person. Not to be unkind, just saying. He came from the woods somewhere and appeared.
1: I'd be afraid to say that if I was you.
0: I said, if I'm wrong, may God strike me dead right now in this place. He took three steps over this way. I mean, this guy was afraid of me, man. A guy was blaspheming. I was doing the opposite of blaspheming. I was saying God is not a liar, and God's word is true, and he will never lie to you. So if you think God can lie and get away with it, you've got some kind of weird uh, concept of who the Father God is. I don't know how you stand and sing good, good father and think he might just curse you with something. If that was a natural father, we would have him arrested and detained and questioned, wouldn't we? And yet people think that's who God is. Well, this guy doesn't know who God is. And I tell you, there's churches today meeting who are full of people. Nothing. I'm not speaking against them. I am just I'm just stating the facts because you talk to Christians. Um, from different churches and they the way they talk you can tell they haven't been taught the New Testament. Brother Hagan used to say uh, many times folks are religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. Boy that's that can be so true. So this guy doesn't know really if Jesus can help him or not and that's why he said if you can do anything have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, he put the onus back on him, he said, if you can believe, don't put it on me if I can do anything. In fact, one translation literally says, what's this if I can do anything business? That's not a question. The question is, do you believe that I can do something? How many believe today that Jesus can do something? This is why it's so ridiculous when we, when we, it really, I mean, there, we, we want to empathize and sympathize and whatever thighs of, you know, simonize or whatever with people. But on the other hand, I will tell you that, um, we, we need to know that, uh, how ridiculous, really how ridiculous, in light of faith, in light of hope, in light of who God is and who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is and what the authority of the word and on and on and on, the blood of Jesus that we just got through singing, in light of that, not in lieu of it, in light of it, how ridiculous it is for us to say, well, I don't know if God can do anything about this or not. It's just such a mess. I've been around a lot of people. That talked a lot like that. And thank God Brother Hagan came to our church and straightened us out. Amen. Yeah. And then the folks, other folks that got straightened out weren't so happy about it. Cause, because some Pentecostal people, and I guess others too, feel the license to talk any way they want to talk, as long as it sounds a little religious, then it's okay. And, uh, well, this is just what I feel. But if what you're feeling is against the Word of God, it's ungodly. That's like somebody saying, well, I'm just going to live in adultery, or I'm going to live in, you know, some perverted lifestyle, and I don't care what the Bible says, the, the, I, this is just what I feel like doing, so I'm going to do it. Well, <laughs> okay, but you're not anywhere near the kingdom of God with that. Amen? Are y'all with me? Yes. I have any agreeers in here at all? Yes. Praise the Lord. So to, the same works for faith or healing or anything else. If you want to stick with your old dried up, prune religious, you know, concepts of God, go ahead, but you're not going to receive the benefit or the blessing of the word in that way. Amen. Yes. I don't know about you. I want all of my stuff that I think. And believe that's wrong. I want it to be. Uh, I, I'm ready. I'm, I'm like Paul. I'm ready to call it dung. <laughs> put it on the dung pile or the trash pile, if you'd rather go with the Spanish word basura instead of dung. Dung's bad English. Oh my God. Anyway, Spanish says basura, which is trash. I'd rather put all the stuff that I that that even kind of makes me. Cheer up a little on the trash pile to have the real truth of the word. Amen. How else can we grow, folks? Well, if it was good enough for grandma, it's good enough for me. Well, we don't, we don't live any other part of our life like that. I don't want grandma's wringer washer dancing around on the back porch, but you know, and the plugs holding it together. I don't want that. I don't want to wash my clothes like that. I want an automatic, press the button, quiet, and then put it in the dryer. Amen. And we don't drive grandma's car either. You know, which you get out in the front and crank it with the crank, a literal crank. We don't drive that way or plow the backyard with the mule. Come on. Come on, folks. And we get religious. Uh, we get into the things of God we call religion, and we take our brain out when we enter the church and put it in a little basket out front, and then please don't take the wrong brain. Please only take the brain you left there when you walked in. Don't take somebody else's brain when we'll us try to sort that out. But I love this. Jesus said, the question is not, can I do it? The question is not if I will have compassion or not. Because He is compassion. He is sacrifice blood walking and talking on the earth. His whole thing is compassion. His whole purpose for coming is God so loved the world. So, don't question His ability and don't question His compassion on you. Because sometimes we can feel like we won't admit it because we don't want to get rebuked in a word of faith church. But sometimes we feel like, well, I don't even know if God really cares about this. He just doesn't seem to be doing anything to help me. And the thing is, is that's as bad as questioning his ability, is questioning his interest and compassion in you. What more can he do? There's an old... Church of God in Christ song. What more can he do? He laid the foundation. What more could he do? Have his head cut off? What would have made it better? He gave all on that cross. Amen? So what does he have to do more to prove his love? To prove he cares? To prove he's interested? Preach, pastor! They should have booked me at the camp meeting. I would have started a revival or a riot, or maybe both. They might have had me arrested by officials. Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, that's not the question. Is my ability or my compassion? Here's the question. Can you believe all things are possible to him that's on John Calvin's list of things that are supposed to be and otherwise forget it?
1: No, all things are possible to him that believeth.
0: To him that believeth. You know, this man was not as dumb as he looks in the beginning. He says, straightway, the father of this child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Woo! I love that. You know, he had to say that by faith. Do you know you have to say that by faith? Did you know that it's, it, it wasn't his natural heart to say that? His natural heart was, I'm desperate. I don't know what to do. Again, nobody can help me. Oh, oh, oh. That's, his, that's what was natural. That's what he felt. But when Jesus said, the answer is, believe, this guy screams with tears, I believe. Preach. It's a one leg kicker sermon. Hallelujah. I'm excited about this. I tell you, the middle of our, this, look, look what's happening around. You gotta live this moment. Look what's happening. This, this, this son of his, he's not a child because he says he had this from a child. Some people have said it's epilepsy, others, demon possession. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's bad. It needs to be fixed. Who cares what it is? The point is, um, and, and we do see that it was a demon because uh, Jesus rebuked the foul spirit. Amen? But um, the point is, it doesn't matter what they call it. It's, it's the work of the devil. And this man is there now in public. Can you imagine the humiliation, too? His son is in public. All these people are standing around. It's a horrible scene. And he's foaming at the mouth. And he's wallowing in the foam. And the foam's in his hair. And, oh, what a mess. Right? And the disciples are standing around. And the people are about ready to stone them. Saying, call them false prophets. You clowns can't do anything. And... uh. I mean, it's a bad deal. And it says the people came running together. They're all, now we're almost got a stampede. I'm telling you, this is chaos. This isn't a little charismatic prayer meeting and they're singing Holy Spirit, Thou art welcome with the harp playing. You understand, this isn't like, well, we've got to create an atmosphere for the Lord to work. How about this for an atmosphere for the Lord to work? A a riot. See, that's stuff that people say like that. You need to skip it because it's a lot of it is just, is just folks feel... They make it up, I'm telling you. There's no script. We must create an atmosphere for the Lord to work. Well, that didn't work in the third world. I'll tell you what. I've, some of the best miracles I've seen have been out in the marketplace while one little booth is selling chili peppers and the next is selling car parts. And they're standing there going peppers, you know, only it's in Spanish or something, you know, pimiento, you know, and then the, the next guy's selling car parts and I'm standing there with my crew and I'm going, miracles, milagros! Got miracles here. You can get a car, you can get a transmission, peppers, and a miracle in the same shopping center. No atmosphere whatsoever. We didn't say, now we have to have an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit can work because he won't work in an atmosphere. In blah, 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 blah. Stop it in the name of Jesus with all these rules that are not in the Bible. Jesus has got no atmosphere to work with. None. Other than
1: a horrible mess.
0: His whole crew looks like losers. We got foam in the hair and the ground. We got people running together. The scribes and Pharisees are ready to report everybody. I'm telling you, it's a mess. It's an absolute chaotic disaster. And Jesus exercised authority that was given to him. People say, by the Lord. No, wrong answer. Given to him by the man that's in charge of the son. And Jesus had to get his permission to get the devil out. Because he's a gentleman, he's not going to overrun lines of authority and jurisdictions. He's not. People say, I wonder why the Lord hadn't done something about that. Because nobody's given him any authority to do it. He's not going to run into your house and just run you over and do his thing. Unless you ask him to. I'm all fired up. You know, the greatest, you know what the greatest enemy against us is today in the church? It is really not the devil. He's defeated already by Jesus. I'll tell you what's our enemy. Ignorance is our enemy. How many can see that? Ignorance of the word, ignorance of our authority, ignorance of our jurisdiction, ignorance of how willing the Holy Spirit is to work with us and help us through our life And we just go through, can I say the word crap? I'm going to say it. Crap! There's worse words I could say, but I won't, in the church at least, or anywhere else. Don't write me letters, please.
1: The junk
0: and muck and mire of life that we just kind of put up with and go through when the Holy Spirit's going, let me work. I'll fix this for you. I'll help you with it. I'll give you direction. I'll give you resources, but you gotta lead. God did not just open the Red Sea. He told Moses, take your rod, which represented leadership and authority, and you part it. Well, if the Lord wants it parted, He'll part it. I'm saying, Bad doctrine. You ever rebuke the dog that did something in the living room? On the carpet wasn't supposed to do. It's a bad dog. The dog will. Was... Well, that's what I see. That's how I see bad doctrine, like the dog that came and did something in the middle of the living room. I'm telling you. Bad doctrine. Bad doctrine will defeat you. And bad behavior with it. I repent. In my personal life for allowing certain situations sometimes that I could have done something about. You understand? We've all been there, right? And we put up with a lot of things. And then finally when you get, you almost have to get angry about it to take and go, what am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to blow up if we don't change this. And then you go, wait a minute. I've got authority. And if the minute I take my rod and point it at that red sea that's standing between me and my miracle, the Holy Spirit will speak to those waters and part them. I don't know what's happened to me. I'm a... ah! He's turned into Rod Parsley. He's screaming the message. Hallelujah. I love it that this man, though, just obeyed what Jesus said to him, Lord, I believe. You need to say, I believe I'm healed when everything within you is screaming, you are as sick as you will ever be. You need to, you need to talk to your finances and say, I call you filled with abundance. I call all my storage places, which in our world is on the internet most likely, but I mean, we've, We've got, like, bank accounts and checking and savings and things. And we need to speak to those and tell them to be filled. Well, I don't know how that's going to happen. You don't have to know! If you knew, you wouldn't need God. Come on! Well, I just don't know how in the world that's going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen in the world. It's going to happen in faith. Glory. Next week we'll be seeker sensitive. Okay. No, I lied. I repent. He rebukes the demon. The thing comes out. Everybody said he's dead. What a group. That he killed him. Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Oh, my. I could just go on and on. All right. Look at. Don't get me started. All right. Mark 5, 23. You getting anything out of this? We'll preach a few more minutes here. This is where Jesus literally said the words only believe. Only is important as believe. In other words, don't do anything else, just believe. Ooh, we want to do something else, don't we? We want to fix it, we want to call, we want to write, we want to scream, we want to fuss, we want to confront. And Jesus is saying, only believe. Don't do anything else. Don't do anything more. Don't do anything less. Just believe.
1: I don't want to do that. I want to do something.
0: Have an ice cream. Calm down. You'll feel better. Your blood sugar is low. It's affecting your faith. Mark 5, 23. Um, Actually, let's start at 22. Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, one of those dudes, Jairus by name. You want to hear something funny? Brother Hagin said he's doing a meeting in the 50s at the Assemblies of God Church in Texas. And the pastor's son's name was a Roman name. It was Gaius. G-A-I-U-S. Gaius. But in parts of Texas, Gaius sounds like guess, like guess the name. And so this woman came up to him, it was a special in the meeting, and she said, Brother Hagen, I can't remember the pastor's son's name. Do you know his name? And Brother Hagen said, Gaius. And she said, I wouldn't even know where to start to Gaius. And he said, and he got what she was thinking, and so he started, decided to toy with her for a while. <laughs> it was just too much fun. She said, no, really, just tell me his name, because I just, I don't, I don't know. I wouldn't know when to, be, where to begin The Gaius. He said, she said, no, really, don't you know his name? He said, Gaius.
1: I wouldn't know where to start.
0: He had her all flustered up until he finally said, that's his name, Gaius, G-A-I-U-S, Gaius. Oh, I I didn't know what you were saying. So in the South, we make a one-syllable word into about three or four. depends on how much emphasis we want to place. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right, Jairus. By name, when he saw him, he fell at his feet, besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. Now, that's a good prayer. He didn't say, if you can do anything, help us. He just said, if you'll lay hands on her, I believe she'll be healed, and she'll live. Amen? Jesus went with him. Much people followed him and thronged him. And then we have this interruption in the story. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, because this woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years, she comes and holds up the procession. Now, it's kind of urgent because this woman, this child, this this daughter is dying at the point of death. We don't know when she's going to die. She's going to die soon. We don't get some help. And now we got this interruption from this lady from the, from the uh, mailing list has shown up, you know, and wants prayer. <laughs> and she interrupts the procession. And um, you know the story there, right? That's a whole uh, other message. She got her healing, and Jesus didn't even know who she was. So he didn't check John Calvin's list for her, did he? No. Praise the Lord. So this woman fell down before him, verse 33, told him all the truth. He's, Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace, behold of your plague. Now we pick back up to remember the uh, original purpose of this little procession is to get to Jairus's house. While he yet spake, I don't know why I'm yelling, I'm just excited, sorry. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, thy daughter is dead. Now, it's gone from bad to worse, folks. I said from bad to worse, right? She's dying till she's dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, um, Jairus, whose daughter has now died, he said, well, if you could have gotten to me sooner, you know, these things we don't understand. That's what, a lot of, that's what a lot of folks would say. Jesus is still going on the original prayer and the original faith. That's what I want to tell you about this too. Is Once you release your faith, you don't let anything deter you from sticking with your story. That's why it's good to get a little prayer journal. Now, you don't have to buy a fancy one with a butterfly and a scripture on the front. You can actually just get a three-ring binder or a spiral notebook, memo pad, anything. And when you pray about stuff in faith, believing, if you would start right, date it, time it, and say especially prayers of faith, especially prayers of faith, Say, I, in the name of Jesus, I claimed, and then fill in the blank. Let's say it's a monetary amount or whatever, on this date at this time, and it's mine, I have it now. And I don't care what bad news, see, the bad news came, that makes it seem as if your prayer was too late. It looks like the prayer's too late! Doesn't it? anybody else see that? Or am I the only person? Can you see that it looks like the prayer's too late? The action's too far gone? It's over. Party's over. You burst my pretty balloon. Go home. Does anybody else remember that song? Yeah. The party's over. You burst my pretty balloon. Anyway, it's from Broadway. <laughs> uh I love it though that Jesus knew what the man's thinking. This is his daughter. It's bad news. She's dead. He said to the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. Hallelujah. Now, you know, we preached, was it last Sunday we preached the no fear sermon? This goes right, right beside it. Look at, first of all, don't have fear. Don't care what tidings you hear. But only believe. He didn't let anybody else go, and they're and they they're already wailing and and screaming and carrying on. And he came in. He said, "Why make this ado and weep?" Verse thirty-nine: The damsel is not dead, but sleepeth, and they laughed him to scorn. Some people say, well, we can't have anything here because there's no faith and these people are mocking and the Holy Spirit's offended. He's filing a complaint with the FCC and the whatever. You know, I mean, everybody's offended now. They think the Holy Spirit's offended. You know, some places the way they preach, they've got Jesus weeping, they've got God mad, and the Holy Spirit offended. No wonder they can't have a move of God. I'm telling you, God is not angry. He poured out his wrath on Jesus. Amen. And Jesus is not crying and carrying on and dripping his clothes and biting himself and, you know, biting an angel or two. Because he's upset. Jesus is happy. Jesus is joyous. Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And the Holy Spirit is our comforter and our helper. Amen. And one of the fruit of the Spirit is joy. Amen. Well, these people are carrying on. Then they're mocking Jesus. He, he said when he put them all out, he took the father and the mother of the damsel and them that were with him and entereth in where the damsel was laying And he said some words to her, which is uh, interpreted, I say unto thee, arise. Straightway she arose and walked. She was 12 years old. They were astonished, with a great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it, because, you know, it's causing a problem, and commanded that something should be given her to eat. Amen. So she's healed. She's she's raised from the dead, literally. She's healed. She's eating. She's walking. Amen. She's very much alive. Why was it important for the man to only believe? Because without his faith, Jesus could not have done anything. Because the authority, it's the same as if you're going to take your child to the doctor. you got to sign, if you're the guardian, you've got to sign the document. Right? Saying, we authorize this surgery or whatever. It's the same in the spirit realm, folks. The same for you. Well, Lord, help me. Well, believe. Well, I can't. I just don't ask me to believe. I can't. Well, he can't either. You understand? He's not going to overrun your authority and just do something to you. If he could do that, the whole world could be saved right now. Because it's God's will. Well, God's will will be done. Where did all these God's will people come from? They're like, they're like, they're like flies or something. They just come, you know, gnats. And we need to spray the gnats with faith. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Praise God. Please don't write me complaints about that. I don't care what you think. Why should I care? I'm just telling you that, you know, All these God's will people. Well, God's will will be done. You know, well, like Richard Nixon, I did not commit any crime. I used to say, you know, the older I get, the easier it is to do that because I have more jowls to work with. One of these days, I might should warn people, please don't stand too close to me because you, I could put your eye out with my face. I turn through quickly. Bam! (laughs) have a whole church full of people with a patch over their eye what happened well the pastor turned and said something to me and his face put my eye out you know why so many people retire in Florida from up north it's because their body parts are already moving south so they finally just go with the flow and move on down You, you know there's terminal illnesses like chester drawers disease it's when your chest falls in your drawers all right anyway uh but you know people want to get all you know huffy and puffy about god's will and it's like all right you want to talk about god's will get your bible out let's talk about god's will amen i would love to talk about god's will but not some ethereal age. You just never know what God's going to do. He's a little crazy, you know. He's just like, like, you know, bipolar. All of a sudden, he can bless you and the next minute slap you down. I mean, this is what they've got a bipolar God going. Schizophrenic Jesus. And he's not. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. We're the ones that are nuts, not him.
1: And he's good
0: for it. And his word is his will. And once you find it in the word, it's yours forever. Ah, I'm old school word of faith. I can't help it. I'm sorry. I'm brainwashed and my brains needed washing and don't try to unwash them. Because it serves me very well. Praise the Lord i got feelings just like anybody else. I've got emotions just like anybody else. If I stump my toe, it hurts as bad as anybody else's. You understand. But I have to um, disregard all that and stand on the Word of God to get answers. And I'm telling you, God is good to me. God is good to, to Scarlett. God's good to us. God's good to this church. God's good to this ministry. Praise the Lord. Our ministry has prospered during COVID. Other places, you know, I don't know if we're going to make it. I never said that. And I'll never say it. Wild horses could not drag that out of me. I'm never going to say, Well, I don't know what we're going to do. You know, we're down to twelve people. I don't know. Sounds like a duck going nuts at the pond because, you know, there's a cat nearby. And people do that and then they say, well, I don't know why it's not working. I do. It's your big mouth. You need to get involved with tape ministry. Duck tape. Tape your mouth. You know. Stop talking. Unless you can say what God's Word says. Like this one old guy that used to come around, you know, I had some business with. And every day, you know, he'd say something even good like, Wow, this is a really great day. And he'd say, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. And I finally said to him, if you don't stop saying that, you're going to be damned. Stop cursing yourself. Well, full gospel people especially, word of faith, charismatic, Pentecostal, on the edge, over the edge people. They would never walk in their house and curse and or say, you know, well, I, I, you know, I'll be damned. But you might as well say that if you're going around going, well, I don't know how we're going to make it, and I just feel like a uh, uh, terrible one. Oh, no, there's no money. You know? And all you do is just curse, 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 curse. Curse your car, curse your house, curse your washer, curse your vacuum, curse everything you have, curse your job. Curse your, some people curse their church and their pastor and then wonder why things don't work out. Well, I can tell, you, well, this faith thing just is not working. Yes, it is. It's working perfectly. The problem is it works too well. So if you don't like what you have, stop saying what you're saying. Start saying something else. Why state the obvious? Well, You just have to admit it's pretty bad. I don't have to admit anything. I'm going to only admit what the Word says. Only believe. Only believe what? What the Bible says. You're in denial. No, I'm not. I'm in Florida. Denial is in Egypt. I am in the Word. (laughs) Praise the Lord. There's a part of Tampa called something Egypt. But I'm not even over there. <laughs> what is it? Leto de Egypt or I don't know what it something, some neighborhood by Temple Terrace. Something Egypt. I see it on the map. We're not living over there in Egypt. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Only believe what? Only believe what? Only believe what God says in his word about me in light of redemption. That's it. Well, you know, Leviticus says, I don't care what Leviticus says, I'm living by the finished work of Christ. Amen? I'm not one of the children of Israel following Moses into the Red Sea. that happened. It's full of faith. And authority, and it's wonderful, but that's not our group, and we're not following Moses. We're following Jesus. <laughs> Some people should have their Old Testament taken away from them because they're abusers of it. And you only give them a New Testament, but that's only after the book of John has been memorized and quoted. <laughs> You hear some people preach and you think, do they know that Jesus went to the cross? Do they know that he paid the price? Do they know that he redeemed us from the curse of the law? i got to stop preaching. This is crazy. I never preach this long. All right, that's enough. Let's lift our hands and praise the Lord. I'm too excited. Ready for camp meeting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we praise you. We thank you. We magnify you. We glorify you. We lift your holy name above every name. And thank you, Lord, for all that you are and all that you've done. We give you praise. We give you glory. And we give you honor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Why don't we sing? Why don't we stand and we'll sing one song in, in closing. And uh, only believe all things are possible. Amen. We'll switch mics here, Brother Jerry. And, uh, let's stand together and sing this and just remember
1: it. Amen. Only believe. Only believe. All things are possible. Only believe. Only believe, only believe, all things are possible, only believe. Lord, I believe, Lord, I believe. All things are possible, Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. Lord, I believe. All things are possible, Lord, I believe. Sing, A Lord I Receive. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. All things are possible. Lord, I receive. Lord, I receive. All things are possible, Lord, I receive. (coughs) Amen. You may be dismissed. God bless you.